A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. This is Money FM 89.3 with me, Jason Dacey. We're talking football with a couple of well-known faces about town in Singapore football circles. Philip O, the professional football coach, and Duncan Elias, CEO at All Sports Asia, former S-League professional player. We are talking about Singapore football prospects for 2019. When we look back, people on 2018, it was a mixed year for Singapore football and national team. And obviously an improved performance under Fandi Ahmed as far as winning games, but a, a disappointing exit in the uh, AFF Suzuki Cup. Uh, when we look forward to 2019, how optimistic are you? Uh, yeah, 2018, um, for me, um, it, it was a good change, you know, with Fandi coming on board. Um, like I said, football is, entertain- is entertainment and uh, he brought entertainment back. Uh, I watched the Suzuki Cup, you know, two games in, at the National Stadium. Uh, fans were thrilled. Yeah. So going on to 2019, um, Fundy will not stay on as the national coach, you know. Um, according to sources and uh, newspapers, we are looking for a foreign national team coach. And uh, I think he will be appointed soon. Yeah, that's the big question. Who will be the next coach, Duncan? Because we know Fundy's going to concentrate on the SEA Games. They're happening uh, in 2019 in November in the Philippines. So we know Fundy's very gifted working with younger players, of course, with his sons now in the national team setup. He's got a real gift for that. But what about the uh, the coach to come in uh, to take care of the Lions? Because we saw Bernd Stanger come in uh, in 2013. wasn't really a great success. Who would you like to see come in? Well, if it, if it is going to be a foreign coach, then he will have to deal with the problems that every foreign coach comes in. And that's understanding the football culture in Singapore, understanding how important national service is to the country and how he needs to work around it. Because with the young Lions, most of the players, they come in, they come in late for training because they, they have to serve their national service. They are released maybe 6pm and then they can come for training at 7pm. So, and then they don't get to play all the matches. They don't come for all the trainings. And if you're a professional coach from another country, you come to Singapore and you wonder to yourself, why is my player missing on a Monday and he's available on a Tuesday and on Wednesday he's here, Thursday maybe he's half day. You know, they, these coaches, they need to understand the culture of Singapore football and how it needs to be raised from the grassroots level, how it needs to be developed from the grassroots level up and to, you know, improve the SPL. So there's a lot on the plate for a foreign coach when he comes in to take over the Singapore national team. A, a local coach knows what to do. And that's why I'm a little surprised why Fundy hasn't stayed on because he was brought in as an interim coach. Mm. But we all thought there was just a title and he would take it long-term anyway after a good showing in the Suzuki Cup. Now, arguably, results-wise, it wasn't good for Singapore. But the football that played, there was progress. Everyone would see it would see yeah. it, and, and agree that there was progress in the football played by Singapore. So a little, little surprise that he's not going to bring it forward. With Duncan Elias and people all talking about the Singapore national football team into 2019. And of course, we're already beginning our qualifying um, for the 2022 uh, World Cup, which will be held on Asian soil in, in Qatar. So it is a very important year that Singapore at least get off to a good start in this qualifying, second round qualifying likely to take place in the middle of the year. Uh, yeah. So like, like I said, they need to appoint a new national coach quicker. Uh, because you know, I think he should he should come in uh, just before the SPL season starts, mm-hmm. so that he he can at least you know he needs time he needs time to to look at players he needs time to understand yeah like Duncan said the 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 local culture uh, of how the football system works he needs to understand the national service it is something that is that is um, 
unique to Singapore, yep. you know. Yep. Other countries, they don't have this. Yeah, so the, the coach has to come in early. And uh, yeah, and I think he, he needs a lot of assistance from Fundy. Uh, Fundy will be a, a crucial man for him because Fundy will, will be able to help him on this. And what are some of the names that we've heard bandied about? I guess some names that we've seen in English football that have been spoken about. I know Tony Adams was one that flown, thrown his hat into the ring. That was before Fundy got the job currently. So there's some decent names that are interested, but there are these are unique challenges that we have. It is there, there are names. I, I know the former Iraq coach before Bernsteiner took over is also interested. Uh, yeah, Jovan Vieira, isn't it? He's interested yeah. in, in the Singapore job as well, but... It's going to be it's going to be hard because if you're a big name, you have certain expectations on you to deliver for Singapore football. Now, arguably, I think maybe Fundy did as much as he could with the Singapore national team, with the pool of players, because he did bring in a few new players. And you have to you have to wonder how Jacob Mahler will he then now be shunned out because the the new national team coach would want a more stable set of players, the a more experienced set of players. Sundram liked the, the, the older set of players. Fundy came in, he liked the younger set mm. of players. Now, no one knows where they stand in the Singapore national team and that is going to be a big worry. A lot of changes need to be made and, and I don't think it's ideal for a new coach to come in. I would have preferred a local coach to, to see it through all the way and, and see how we can go because we've, we've seen very success with, with, with uh, foreign coaches, people. You, know, you yeah. would agree as well that foreign coaches come in, the excitement is there in the beginning and, and they promise... Uh, fancy, sexy football, yep. but at the end of the day, they don't deliver. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Bernstein had promised climbing up the rankings and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he did wasn't terrible. He did some good things, and we remember the draw in uh, Japan yes. in World Cup qualifying. Yeah. But that was pro- perhaps down to the mastery of Iswan Mahmud in goal. He made yeah. like what twenty saves, I think. Um, but you know, people, when we when we consider what needs to be done and some of the challenges that Singapore football has, the Singapore Premier League is going to be the second year of that uh, change Singapore Premier League with an emphasis on under-23 players and also some players uh, from the Singapore national team have been playing in Thailand and Malaysia coming back home, which is not ideal, is it? Yeah, um, first, um, this year we had we had probably 10, 11 um, national team players playing overseas. Yeah, um, And what, what I heard is probably half of those will, will come back in 2019. Um, with with them returning, it's gonna it's gonna take up places, mm. and that that will mean your your younger crop of players will will have limited space to to play in the SPL. And with this under twenty three ruling, I mean this under twenty three ruling has has uh, for me it is good because we have we have seen the likes of Jacob Miller, Zufatmi, you know we've seen uh, Zukanayan, yeah, who's who's now national team right back, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if if this ruling was not in place, I don't think Zukanayan would have the opportunity to play and, and shine and be part of the national team. So we we have to we have to we have to see this now because I I, I feel that um, we have too little local clubs and uh, spaces are limited, and I think some players will fall out of the game. Yeah, um, you know those twenty three who turn twenty four next year. Um, I heard that some of them they they're gonna lose their their places. That's incredible, isn't it, Duncan? Yeah. It's it's sad that we don't have this kind of infrastructure in Singapore football where people are encouraged to become professional footballers. And that's been the the argument going on year after year. Exactly, and 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 people just uh, nailed nailed it on the head right there. Where the players, so the ruling for for the SPL is each club needs to play at least three under twenty three local players. Next season there is a, a new rule where along with the two foreigners who can be of any age, they can play 
uh, another foreigner that is under 21 mm. in the in the first 11 mm-hmm. so that just limits <clears throat> the opportunities for for players in general whether you're over 23 or under under 23 your place in in the first 11 is already limited and you you look to to Zufatmi and Zukanain and Jacob these boys in the beginning of the season they they were doing all right but as the season progressed week on week you could see them flourishing because mm. they were given opportunity to mm. play yeah. 90 minutes they weren't being brought on with 10 minutes to go or maybe with 20 minutes to go to try and save the game they were put in from the very beginning they were playing 90 minutes football in yeah we we can argue that the the SPL isn't the the best standard in the world but they were given the opportunity to play professional football with a spotlight on them and they flourished and Zufami missed out on on the on the Suzuki Cup because of an injury but if he was fit enough and he performed well in the friendlies uh, prior to the Suzuki Cup it was yeah. really really impressive and he that he missed out but his his brother Zukanain Singapore right back ousted the likes of Farid Nazrul yep. Madu Mohana yeah. so mm. they were given the chance so pros and cons to to the under 23 system and on the the objective of playing them in in the SPL but now influx of players coming back into Singapore the foreign legion what will happen to these boys final word for you uh, Philippe uh, as you look ahead to 2019 what's the key for Singapore football to make um, improvements uh, a proper youth grassroots system i think i think the we we are always focusing on the top yeah but uh, i think we have to be patient and and look at the bottom yeah um, we may not find success in the next few years but f- just just focus spend money on on grassroots um, have good coaches there at that, at a low level so that the the our young boys you know when when they start playing they they start off well they learn the game already at at a young age yeah and they have a good basics before before they come up and yeah so i think if we do that in maybe 5 10 years time we we will see we'll see the fruits of labor you worked in japan didn't it yes definitely <laughs> All right. Many thanks, uh, Philippe, old professional football coach, and Duncan Elias, the uh, former S League player, now uh, working in sports media. Really appreciate uh, your insights. Let's hope it's a good year for Singapore football.